Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. One day Elisha went to Shunem, where a rich and influential woman lived, who insisted on his eating a meal. Afterward, whenever he passed by, he stopped there for a meal. And she said to her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God who passes by continually. Let us make a small room or upper room. Everyone say, make room. So you can see there's, there are different ways you make room for the presence of God. Let us make a small upper room on top of the house and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, basically an extension, you know, a second floor to the house and a lamp. Then whenever he comes to us, he can go up the outside stairs and rest here or he can rest there. So you can see there's different ways, there are different ways to make room for the presence of God. She noticed that this was an anointed prophet of God, amen, who passed by Shunem. You know, there were many people in Shunem, you know. She's not the only one who lives in Shunem, but for some reason, she's the only one who invited him to have a meal. And, and it became a custom that anytime he would pass by the town of Shunem, he knew where to go. He knew where he was welcome. Amen. Because notice it says continually. So this wasn't a one-time thing. This was a continual thing. And you don't make room for the presence of God or the anointing one time. Amen. You make room for it continually. She developed a habit of making room for this man of God continually. Of course, we know that Elisha represents the anointing because um, I was teaching the Bible school students on Monday night and something I'm, we're, we're on the subject of the anointing this month, so I'm going to touch on the anointing throughout the services as well. But under the old covenant, only three kinds of people were anointed. Okay, prophets, priests, and kings. So here's the prophet of God carrying the anointing. And as he's passing by Shunem, this woman continually invites him to come and have a meal. Amen. So this wasn't a one-time thing. It was a continual thing. And it's through that continual process of developing that relationship. Now she has a relationship with the man of God. Her and her husband get to know him. And uh, the anointing never is based on a formula, it's based on a relationship. That's the first and foremost you need to understand about the anointing. It's ne there's never a formula. People are looking for formulas. They're always looking for a formula. They're always looking for a method. They're looking for someone who did something and got something, had a breakthrough, and then they try to copy that person, but there is no copying. The anointing always comes as a result of a relationship. You have to develop a relationship with the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
So we know that the Spirit of God is on this man of God, and he's carrying the anointing. And as he's passing through Shunem, she recognizes the anointing, and she makes room for the anointing continually. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Continually, she makes room for the anointing. Now, after a while, of course, you know, feeding the man of God was not enough. And the key here is she recognized and perceived that this is a holy man of God. How does she perceive the anointing? When you get around the anointing, you begin to perceive it. She didn't perceive it maybe the first time. I've had a lot of people come to this church. They thought I was crazy. Some of them just got stuck on the fact that I, I wear these colorful shirts and they just couldn't get over it, you know, or other whatever people, other came and they just choked on the, on the laugh, you know, on the, on the joy, whatever, you know, people come. But some, somehow, how many of you, you, you know, the first time you came, you didn't get it, but maybe you felt drawn back to keep coming and, and coming. And then eventually you perceived something was going on. You perceived that something was going on that was not natural. Other than the natural, something else was going on here. Amen. Hallelujah. And so she perceived that this is a man of God, a holy man of God. What is a man of God? A woman of God. Why do we call someone a man of God or a woman of God? Because they carry the anointing. Amen. You recognize that there's something supernatural in their life. They're not just a man or a woman. They're a man of God or a woman of God. Because they carry the presence of God. Amen. So she perceived and recognized that this man is a man of God. A holy man of God. One who's separated and consecrated to the things of God. How do you know that? Because every time he came to the... He wasn't talking about this or that and shooting the breeze. He's a prophet. So you know he was speaking the word of God. And because he's speaking the word of God, he's not doing idle talk. They perceive that he's holy. He's consecrated. He carries the presence of God. He has the word of God. And then she says, let us make room, an upper room on top of the house. So that he doesn't just come around for a couple of hours for a meal, but he'll come and stay a couple of days, a couple of weeks, maybe even a couple of months. Amen. Let's make room for the presence of God. Let's make room for more. You see the progression. It all started with just one meal and then it wasn't enough. Hey, let's continual. Every time he would pass by, continually providing, feeding, obviously blessing the man of God. And then, and then she's like, you know what? I want more of this. Can he come and stay longer? I don't want the presence of God for a couple of hours. I want the presence of God continually. That's how you make room for the anointing. It's a, it's a desire. It's a hunger. It's a thirst. It, it's a decision you make. Amen. You make a decision. Hallelujah. And then, of course, as a result of it, now they're building a whole section to the house on top, furnishing it for the men of God. They're going an extra mile. They're going an extra distance. They're not just going one mile. They're going two miles. They're going... 
they, they're, they're going overboard. They're going extra. You want more of God? You're going to have to give more, more to him. So, I mean, there's a lot of people that they come around the things of God. They said, I want more of God, but they're not giving anything, any, any more of themselves to God. They're not giving him more time. They're not giving him more in the area of finance. There's always more. You know, the more you give, the more you, you're going to receive back. Amen. The more you give, the more it comes back to you. With whatever you measure, it's going to be measured back to you. So a little hunger, you're going to get little back. You're going to get little Holy Ghost. Little Holy Ghost. Amen. Do you know the story of the Indian chief? Back in the old days, out, out in the West, there's a circuit riding preacher. They go from town to town on horseback, usually preaching. And so this one circuit riding cowboy preacher ended up coming to a group of Indians, Native Americans, sorry. Did I offend anybody? Uh -huh. Okay. So he's preaching. He's doing a revival. He's preaching every night. First night, he's preaching. Power of God's hitting the Indian, little Indians. Second night, hitting the little Indians. Third night, hitting more of them. Fourth, fifth. But then there was the whole time, of course, the chief, the big chief. Everybody said the big chief. He's sitting there in the front row watching this whole thing, never responding, never moving. He's just watching. He's watching in his big, you know, headdress and everything with the feathers. He's sitting there with the whole big, you know, he's sitting there watching, watching. And final night, he stands up. He comes forward. He'd been watching and he made a decision. He'd been watching everybody getting touched. By the power of God. And he made a decision. Hey, my people get in touch by the power of God. But you know what? I better get the power of God or they're going to, you know, something. But then he had also seen people getting touched. So he goes up to the preacher. He says, me know what, little Holy Ghost? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Me want big Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> He'd been watching and he made a decision. Me no want little Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Me want big Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> he wanted big Holy Ghost. Not little Holy Ghost, big Holy Ghost. So, you know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who wants big Holy Ghost? <laughs> so this woman, I guess, decided. Me no want little Holy Ghost. Little meal, little meal. Me one big Holy Ghost. Make up a room, make up a room. He comes stay. That's called making room. Making room for the anointing. You're going to have to make room for the anointing in your life. And it's going to involve certain decisions. It's going to involve you making certain decisions. It's going to involve you making, making room in your life. Hallelujah. So he comes to rest. Look at verse 11. And one day he came and turned into the chamber and lay there so he's he wants to rest but he can't he'd been traveling preaching so he comes now he wants to rest but he can't there's a restlessness and he said to Gehazi's servant call this Shunammite when he called her she stood before him and he said to Gehazi say now to her you have been most painstakingly and reverently concerned for us I like that 
most painstakingly and reverently concerned for us. What is to be done for you? What is to be done for you? You know why? Because she had stirred something in the realm of the spirit. She had stirred something. She placed a demand on the anointing. See, the anointing only moves on behalf of those who painstakingly and reverently press into the things of God. So she had stirred something in the realm of the spirit. And even though the man of God needs to rest, he's lying there and he's restless. He's like, something must be done for the woman. Something must be done for the woman. Something must be done for the woman. You cannot go out of your way to provide and all these meals and go out of your way and build this extension to the house and invite the man of God and not receive something supernatural back in return. It is impossible for you to sow into the anointing. It is impossible for you to place a demand on the anointing and not receive something supernatural back that's going to absolutely radically change your life. Come on, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. But then he says, would you like to be spoken for to the king or to the commander of the army? Which is obviously, but you know, natural, something natural. He could do that. Elisha knows them. He's got audience with the king. He's got audience with the commander of the army. He's a prophet. They're going to listen to him. Amen. Would you like me to speak to them? Because, you know, Elisha speaking is like God speaking. You understand that, right? Would you like me to speak to them? On your behalf, amen. And she says, no, I don't need that. I dwell among my own people. They are sufficient. I mean, she was a rich and influential woman. She wasn't looking for more wealth. She wasn't looking for more influence. She wasn't looking for an audience with the king. She wasn't looking for an audience with the commander of the army, but she was looking for something. Something only the anointing could bring forth. Something supernatural. Amen. That no king, no commander, no prophet in the natural could provide. Amen. Later, Elisha said, what then is to be done for her? See, he can't let it go. She's like, no, I don't need anything. I'm fine. He can't let it go. And then Gehazi answered, said, she has no child and her husband is old. What do you do when you have no child and your husband is old? That means he's no longer fruitful. Shooting blanks. It is what it is. (laughs) Tell it like it is. You You know I'm saying what you're thinking, so don't look at me like that. <laughs> she needs a miracle. He needs a quickening. Only by the anointing. This is only possible by the anointing. Amen. Hallelujah. He said. He said, call her, Gehazi, called her, and she stood in the doorway. And Elisha said, at this season, or about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. 
You want a word from the prophet, you got one. But you have to qualify for a word from the prophet. You know there were other people that needed miracles in Shunem. Only she got it. There were other people that struggled to have children. There are other people that struggled to have other things. There, are, there were other people who needed the supernatural, but she qualified because he is only at her house, not the neighbor's house. The neighbors are all gossiping, but she, he ain't there. He's at her house because she made room for the anointing on top of her house. So she's going to get herself a miracle. And the woman conceived and bore a son at the season the following year, just as Elisha has said to her. Just as Elisha had said to her. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord never comes back void. Hallelujah. But she made room for the anointing. It was her initial curiosity that turned into a hunger, that turned into a thirst, that turned into a pressing in, that turned into really developing a relationship with this man of God, with the anointing. Hallelujah. And the anointing always comes by association. The anointing can never be taught. It must be caught. I can teach you all about the anointing, but you must catch the anointing. For the anointing is not taught. It is caught. And it comes by association. So who you rub shoulders with, who you get around with, you, you want to be on fire, you better stay around people who are on fire. Because if you get around the frozen chosen, you're going to be lukewarm. You're going to end up frozen chosen just like them. You're going to become a religious popsicle. Hallelujah. You want the fire of God? You got to stay around the fire of God. You want to stay hot? You, gotta, you have to be around the fire. Whoever built a campfire. How many of you have ever been like in a, a retreat or some camp and you had a campfire? You all gather around the campfire, especially when it was cold at night. Everybody got around the campfire, right, to warm up. So you better get around the fire to warm up. You want to stay hot? You, get a, you have to get around the fire. Hallelujah. That's why we keep the fire burning here. We're not going to let the fire go off for any reason, any person. Amen. Because people's lives depend on it. People come in here needing miracles. People come in here needing a supernatural touch from God. People come in here needing transformation, restoration, healing, miracles. This is where it happens. So we're going to contend for it for the sake of the people who come here with desperate needs. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have a need, you press in, God's going to meet the need. If it's provision, you're going to have provision. If it's wisdom, you're going to have wisdom. If it's healing, you're going to receive healing. If it's a miracle, you're going to receive a miracle. But we, without the anointing, outside of the anointing, there is no hope. I'm, telling, I'm just going to tell you that right now. There is no hope in religion. There's no hope in traditions. There's no hope in this or that. Only the anointing can, is going to be able to provide for you. Only the anointing is going to make a way for you. So you have to make room for the anointing. If you make room for the anointing, the anointing makes room for you. If you protect the fire of God, the fire of God will protect you. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So make a decision this year in 2024 that you are going to make more room for the anointing than you ever have before in your life. 
and, 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 you might, and you might be one of those that's been around the anointing for a long time. Don't take it for granted. Don't say, hey, I've arrived. Hey, I know this thing. Yeah, I've been there, you know, done that, bought the t-shirt. No, I don't care if you have the t-shirt that says fire on my tail. You better have some fire on your tail. I don't care if you bought the, 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 the hoodie that says smashed in the Holy Ghost. You better be and get and stay smashed in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. <laughs> I go to the river. So what? It, the question is, is the river flowing in you? Is the river flowing out of you? Hallelujah. Just like going to McDonald's does not make you a hamburger, going to the river doesn't mean you're in revival. You have to come hungry and thirsty and press in and receive. A lot of people have come to the river. Amen. They're just as religious as they were at the time they came. Because they didn't change. A lot of people have come to the river. But they're just as lost as a goose in a thunderstorm as they ever have been lost. Hallelujah. Going to the river doesn't change you. Letting the fire of God get in you changes you. Letting the anointing get on you changes you. Hearing the word changes you. Don't tune me out when I'm preaching the word. I like the worship. I like the rolling on the floor stuff. But eh, don't tune me out. The word, you have to have the word. The spirit and the word work together. The anointing rides the word. See, when the, the man of God spoke the word, this time next year you shall embrace a son. Then the anointing went and accomplished that word. That word was manifested and fulfilled because it was spoken. And the Holy Ghost took that word and manifested it, turned it into a reality. The word and the spirit always work together. There's a lot of people, they don't like the word. I just want to have the, the goosebumps and the, yeah, you're just a flaky one. Without the word, you'll become flaky. The word is, the, is what, what's going to keep you on the straight and the narrow path. If you don't like the word, if you don't want the word, if you don't receive the word, if the woman didn't receive the word, see, the first time she had an opportunity to say, I want a son. And the, the prophet would have said, be unto you according to your faith. And she would have received it. But then she comes back again and she's standing in the doorway. Many of you are standing in the doorway of your miracle. And then actually I skipped that part. But she argued, no, please, Lord, not, no, don't, don't tease me. Hallelujah. One word from God will change everything. And when you receive that word, that one touch will come that will change everything. Hallelujah. So don't separate the word of God from the presence of God. Jesus was the word and he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. He didn't do anything until he was anointed. At the age of 30, he came down to the River Jordan was John the Baptist was baptizing. Amen. And he was baptized by John. 
And the heavens opened up and the Father spoke out of heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And the Spirit of God came upon him and he was not only baptized in water, he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And then the Bible says, Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit. So it's also not enough just to be filled with the Spirit. You gotta be led by the Spirit. And guess what? The Spirit of God led him into the wilderness for 40 days of fasting and testing and trying. The enemy came, the devil came to test him. And then when he passed the test, Bible says he left, the enemy left him for an opportune time, seeking another opportune time. And then right after that, you read that he came now in the power of the Holy Spirit. Came out of the wilderness in the power. It's one thing to be filled with the Spirit. It's another thing to be walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's when you're walking in the power of the Holy Ghost that you're carrying the anointing and you can set the captives free, preach the gospel, heal the sick, and, and all the powerful and the supernatural things that God wants to do in, in and through your life. Hallelujah. But you have to make room for the anointing. Hallelujah. She made room at the table. One seat, you know, a couple of feet wide at the table wasn't enough. Then she made more room when she built that upper room. See, you can make a little room at the table or you can make an upper room. See, the more room you make, the more you're going to receive from God. Hallelujah. Me know what, little Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Me one big Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I think the chief wised up. All the little Indians were getting the Holy Ghost. He realized, I better get a big Holy Ghost or I ain't going to be chief for much longer here. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So there's many different ways you make room for the anointing. And one is giving into the anointing, sowing into the anointing. As the woman sow, sowed, the meals didn't get the miracle, but building the upper room got the miracle. And I'm not saying you to, that you're going to buy a miracle. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not one of them preachers on Christian TV that are trying to convince you that you can buy a miracle. You cannot buy a miracle. Because that's the wrong motive. Amen? And then you got these prophets now for $100, you know, you'll get a word. For $1,000, you'll get a sentence. For $10,000, they'll fly in their private jet to your house to give you a paragraph, you know. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about making room. I'm talking about sowing and giving into the anointing. It could be a, being a blessing and partnering with the anointing, partnering with the word, partnering with the man of God, partnering with the vision of the house and helping expand the house. Helping expand the house. They expanded the house and made more room for the anointing. Amen. Praise God. So I want you to understand how all of this ties together. Amen. It all ties together. You're giving. Ties together with the anointing. When, when you're giving cheerfully, when you're giving with the right motives, when you're giving to be a blessing, when you're giving into the anointing, when you're sowing in faith, then you, all, you are going to receive. It's impossible for you not to get blessed. I'm telling you, everybody that gets around this church gets blessed. It's, it's it. You're going to get blessed. It's impossible for you not to get blessed. 
It's impossible for you to be in this church, be around the anointing, be under the word, and not get blessed. If you're not getting blessed, something's wrong. Your wood is wet. If you're doing what God's telling you to do, you're pressing in, you're receiving, you're going to get blessed. This atmosphere is saturated with the blessing. It's impossible for you to come around this, this, this atmosphere and hungry and thirsty and yielded and not get blessed. It's impossible. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.